0: this and we'll go into a a time of prayer before we preach Romans 6 12 the Bible says let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God For sin shall not have dominion over you. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God, be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Verse 18, we'll stop with this one. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Let's pray together. Father, thank you tonight, Lord, for the great missionary presentation. Thank you for people that are willing to go. Pray that you bless the Williams family. Bless them as they speak to our young people tonight. I pray, Lord, for our Joy Club, and I pray, Lord, for the Master's Men tonight, and then for our Teen Refresh, for all of those, Lord, that will be speaking tonight, Lord, for our Spanish ministry. Bless it tonight, I pray. Be with the folks that are home watching over our live stream. I pray that, Lord, as your word goes out tonight, that you would have your will through your word in our hearts. Help us surrender to that. Be with the many requests that we've mentioned, Lord, so many tonight that need grace and need healing. Thank you for answered prayer, for safe deliveries for the births this week and last week. Thank you, Father, for those you've spared in accidents and procedures. We pray this week for those that are going to have, uh, be in the hospital or having more procedures and tests run. Help us tonight as we spend just a few more minutes in your word. I pray your will be accomplished, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. All throughout this week, I'll tell you something that's blessed my heart. Uh, as I walk up and down the halls of our property, I would run into different people serving in different ministries, uh, not just today, uh, but Monday and Tuesday, different people serving in different capacities and hearing a little bit of a buzz up and down the hallways as people prepared for Joy Club, the Joy Club's up on the third story tonight, so right on the other side of the pinnacle of that wall, they're up there, and our master's men are over in the bus chapel, and then we have our master's club scattered throughout the property, and our teachers are getting excited, our young people are excited about what God's doing, the other night I went over and uh, stayed with the Baker kids uh, one night My mom and dad were at the hospital, and little Matthew would not even take off his master club vest, he was so proud of it, uh, he hasn't got a badge on it yet, but he's proud of it, and even wore it to bed that night, and he got up the next next morning, he was still wearing it. He's excited about it, and our teachers are excited about it, and uh, then Brother Zach comes in the office and gives me the order of service, and I looked on the order of service and saw who was going to be running back there in our media, in our live stream room up there, and different people serving in different capacities, and I just have to tell you, my heart is encouraged at people that serve. What a blessing it is for people who serve in different areas, not only inside the church, but outside our church. Uh, I, I tell you, I get a little jealous sometimes that I'm not always the first person to the hospital. All right, I'll hear about it, and I try to get to the hospital as quick as I can. Uh, but usually they'll say, "Yeah, so and so was just here," and I'm like, "Well, well, good night." You know, one day I'm going to be the first one there. But no, I'm not really jealous. I'm excited. People are serving people. I'll go over and visit some of our shut-ins and the Sunshine Ministry's already been there. And i say, can I do anything for you? They say, no, we, we've already told the Sunshine Ministry what we need. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I guess I don't even need to have the job anymore because everybody's doing their work. No, that's a good thing. It's a good thing having so many people that serve in so many different capacities. Even our young people, sometimes I'll look out the window of my office and I'll see families meeting up to go soul winning. How exciting is that? That so many people are serving in different areas, and different capacities of ministry, not just in our church, but outside of our church. That's something I believe tonight. That's the burden tonight behind the message. I will try to keep it short, but I do want to pass that along to you tonight, of how each and every one of us ought to have a desire to be servants of God. All right. Now, this is something we've talked about just about in every staff meeting uh, since the summer. We reconvened our staff meetings on Tuesdays at 3:15, and we'll meet together and we'll go around the room and talk about the ministries we have and what needs to happen and things we need to address and things we need to do better. And one of the things we've spoken about uh, this year in our meetings is, even though they are staff meetings, the truth of the matter is they are servant meetings. All right, we get hung up on titles and having a staff title and being on staff, but the truth of the matter is, a staff member is simply just a servant, and that's what we should all aspire to. If we're going to be great, the word of God, Jesus, our example shows us that greatness is in servanthood, not in staffhood, not in titles, uh, and not in positions. And tonight, I want to pass this thought along to you of a servant hearted saint. I believe every one of us tonight ought to have a heart for service and desire to be used of God. Not necessarily be used of God to be known for something and to have a title, but just simply to be used of God. Sometimes ministry is difficult. Sometimes ministry has long hours. Sometimes there are long days. I think we left here about 9 o'clock last night, and uh, I had to say my wife was doing most of the work. Miley and I was in the office eating a pizza, uh, but she was decorating for Joy Club upstairs, and uh, we were in there talking about the joy of service, and Miley was doing her homework there on a bean bag in my office, and I said, isn't this great? And she says, what? I says we get to serve God overtime tonight. That ought to be the mindset. We get to serve God. You're like, well, good night. You don't clock out at, at five, and no, no, most of these guys don't clock out at five o'clock. Why? Because it's a privilege to get to serve God. And tonight, I want to pass along this simple thought of a servant-hearted saint and how we can become servant-hearted saints, or even better, servant-hearted saints if we could. Now, I want you to look down, if you will, we're going to look at just a few scriptures that we read that will show us how to be a servant-hearted saint, okay? Now, watch what the Bible says down in verse 13. The Bible says, "Neither, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall, the Bible says, not have dominion over you. Now, thanks be to God tonight, sin doesn't have dominion over us anymore, that we have been set free. Set free for what? Set free for what? You say, well, we're set free to go to heaven. Thank God for that. I'm on my way. I'm like Brother Dustin tonight. Uh, I'm thankful that when I got saved, I'm still saved, and I can't lose my salvation, and I have a home in heaven. But you know what I get to do after I got freed from sin? I get to serve God. You get to serve God. Now, here's what I want you to see tonight. When you look down at this passage of Scripture, it's talking about what we get to do now that we are saved. Sin no longer reigns. We have been set free, but look down what the Bible says after we're set free in verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, here it comes, servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Here's what's amazing tonight. A lot of times we will use the term, hey, I'm going to sign up to serve. I'm going to sign up to serve in uh, master clubs, or I'm going to sign up to serve maybe over at the school, or serve in a different area of our ministry. We have so many of our ministries. Just the other day, we delivered some of the quilts that our ladies have sewn to some of our shut-ins. It was exciting to be able to pass that along to them, and maybe that's a ministry you could sign up for. But you know, the truth of the matter is tonight, here's the first point. Service is certain. Service is certain. Now let me explain this to you. Tonight, we get to think, well, maybe I will serve or maybe I won't serve. But the truth of the matter is tonight, you're going to serve either way because service is certain. Watch what verse number 16 says. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are. Now, think about it this way tonight. The truth of the matter is, it's not if I serve, it's what I serve. That's the truth tonight, all right? It's not a question of if I'm going to serve God or not serve God. The question is whether I'm going to serve God or whether I'm going to serve self. Because you're going to serve one or the other by default. There is no neutral to it. You think about it. The scripture spells out so many times uh, a balance of serving one thing or the other. I want you to think about Matthew 25. In the parable of the talents, what was the good guy and the bad guy called? We had the faithful servant, and we had the unprofitable servant, but there was no neutral servant, was it? He said, well, that one guy did not serve the master with his gifts. He may not have served the master, but he still served. He served himself. What did he say? I was afraid, and I went and buried it in the ground. So rather than serve God, in the end, he served himself. This thought of service tonight is something we need to understand a little bit better because it's not a question of if I serve, it's a question of what I serve. Because we're going to serve something. We're going to serve ourselves, or we are going to serve God. And the Bible says it's determined by what we yield ourselves to. Now, think about it this way. Uh, I think we've probably all used this phrase before. I'm my own man. Yeah? Yeah. You know, I, I know men use it a lot, you know, I'm not going to let that woman tell me what to do because I'm my own man. The truth of the matter is tonight, we are not our own man. The Bible says, no, you're not, you're not your own, we have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in our body. We're to serve God with that. But you know if we choose not to glorify God and serve God with our life, we have by default chosen to serve self. Now, think about it this way, I... Um, I have, uh, I have jokingly said this for years, I probably will never do it, most likely will never do this. I told my wife, I have always wanted to run a gas station. I know that sounds odd to you, but uh, it goes back to Andy Griffith, it really does. And uh, the little gas station, little two pump gas station there, you know, just a simple have the Coke cooler out front, you remember that, look, I'm, I was born in the 80s, but I still remember those. Uh, the little Coke cooler out front, and uh, there on the island, it had uh, the little island with the cans of oil. I, I remember those. I remember my dad changing the oil on his truck. It had those little cardboard containers with that weird little snout you poked into it. Anybody with me there? Are you, okay, all right, I'm just making sure I'm not crazy. And I told my wife, I'd love to have a gas station. No joke, I would call it squeegee's. Because as a kid, I remember pulling up to a gas station, and you had, on the right and the left, two different lanes. You had self-service and full service, all right? And when you pulled under the full service, this guy would come out, nifty little fella, blue work pants, tucked in, blue shirt with his name, Bill, right there across it, you know? And he'd come out, and he'd get that squeegee out of the bucket, and he would wipe our window. And those men were artists, they were artists, you know, they would just paint on the, the, the water and then whoosh, 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 and leave no streaks. And, and I asked my dad one time, I said, what is that thing called? He said, it's called a squeegee. I said, I'd love to have a gas station one day of all my own. I'd call it squeegees. It'd be a full service gas station, all right? But here's what I want you to think about. When we pulled up to that pump, we would pull up to self-service or full service. One or the other, all right? One or the other. Now, you think about that in our Christian life. Tonight, you are either going to be a self-serving Christian that serves self, or you're going to be a full-service Christian that serves God, all right? You're going to be one or the other. Sadly, tonight, there's so many of us, we get caught up in what's natural, and that is being a self-serving Christian. The Greek word, when you look up servant here, means attendant. It means an attendant. Someone like that guy at the gas station who comes out and, sque- I remember, he'd walk over to the window. My mom would be driving. He'd show us the oil dipstick. I remember that. He'd say, boy, you're, you're a quart low here, and mom would give him a dollar or something, you know. He was an attendant. He was meeting the needs, full service of our car. Check the air in our tires. I don't know about you tonight. I want to be a full service Christian. I want to serve God fully with my life. I want to be a servant-hearted Christian, but in order to be a servant-hearted Christian, I cannot be a self-serving Christian. Can I tell you that comes natural? I want to serve myself. Last night, Miley and I were sitting in the office about 8.30, and Leslie was still decorating. She said, y'all go home, y'all go home. I'm not going to leave her up here by herself. And I told Miley, "But, but Dad's hungry. And so I got on the computer and looked at my Domino's points that I have there, you know. I love those points, you know, because you get free food. And I started ordering the pizza. Before I knew it, I had ordered the pizza that I liked. Before I even asked Miley, Miley, what do you want? Thank the Lord she has the same taste that I do. We like the white sauce on the Domino's pizza. I'm getting old, the red sauce gives me heartburn. I was out of Tums, and so I went with the white sauce last night, and we'll get ham on it. The favorite part was when I clicked on it, paid for it with my points, it was free. But immediately, my natural reflex was to order what I wanted. Why? Because I'm self-serving. That's natural. Now, tonight, if we're going to be a servant-hearted saint, notice this. The Bible says, verse 16, 17, and 18. Watch verse 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Now, watch this. There was no neutrality, none. We went from being the servants of sin and self to being the servants of God. Notice there was no in-between. I don't know about you, I like the in-between, don't you? I like those gray areas that I can get lost in in scripture. Well, you know, I may not be serving self. No, I'm not, but I know I'm not serving God. I'm just somewhere in the middle, no, no. Can I tell you you of one thing tonight? You are serving something. I am serving something. And how do we know that? I'm going to show you how you know that here in just a minute. Think about Galatians 5. The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Notice one or the other. One or the other. Give you a few scriptures right quick to help you. What did Joshua say? Choose you this day whom you will what? Serve. Notice he didn't say choose if you will serve. He said choose who? Service is certain. Now tonight, what we serve is a decision that we get to make. Now thanks be to God, it even says it in there. Verse 17, but God be thanked, sin no longer has dominion over me. I don't have to serve self. I can be a full service Christian serving God, but wait a minute, I have to choose that. I have to choose that. I have to choose tonight that I'm going to serve God. There is no neutral. Romans chapter 1, when you read it, the Bible says that they worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. Notice the one or the other again. One or the other. We are serving something, Judges chapter 3, verse 7. The Bible says they forgot God and served Balaam. What did Jesus say Matthew 20? I'm going to hurry, think fast tonight, okay? The Bible says that no man can serve two masters. It's one or the other. Can I tell you a little bit about myself? It's not flattering, but it's true. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to get to serve God, and I love serving God, and boy, there's a fulfillment in serving God like nothing else. But you'd be amazed at how fast you can go from serving God to serving self just like that. Just like that. Oh, when Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am, I don't know how many times I'm like, I get it. I get it. Sundays, you'll come out of the pulpit, great spirit, God moved, I mean, just a good day. The next thing you know, you find yourself being a self-serving Christian again. Can I tell you tonight, service is certain. We are going to serve something. It is not, well, I'm going to decide whether or not I serve. No, you're serving something. You're either serving God or we're serving self. So number one tonight, being a servant-hearted saint. How do we do that? Number one. Understand, service is certain. You're going to serve one thing or the other. There is no neutral. But then watch this. How do you know? How do you know which one you are serving? Well, if you look down at verse 13 again, the Bible says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, what does the word yield mean? It means sacrifice too right? I'm going to yield something. Uh, just today, I was getting on uh, Interstate 59, headed north, and uh, that new, right there, that new interchange they have up there, and here comes this great big old truck, and uh, he had the right-of-way, and uh, I was just in my, my Chevrolet. He, we, we weren't going to play chicken, but if we did, I was going to lose, okay? And so, when I got there, I saw this great big old sign. It said, yield, yield. That means that I sacrifice my desire to go ahead and get on the on-ramp, and I let him come through. So watch this, number two tonight. The secret in being a a servant-hearted saint, number two, service is a matter of sacrifice. If we are going to be a servant-hearted saint, it is a matter of sacrifice. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, watch this. Our service to God is going to be determined by what we sacrifice one thing for the other. Okay? Okay. What did it say? Verse, look down, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members. That means we get to choose what we yield to. We get to choose that. All right? Now, myself, <clears throat> myself, it's wicked, it's carnal, and it's selfish. And I want to tell you something. I've heard the songs about the old man being dead. Mine still got life. All right? I, hear, I heard a guy one time sing that song, the old man is dead. I'm like, tell me the secret to that mine still fights me on a daily basis, all right? And so he's over here trying to get me to give my attention to self. But wait a minute, thanks be to God, there's a spiritual side of us. You know, that still small voice of the capital S, Holy Spirit, that's inside of us. And oh, it desires that we yield to that. Here's the question, what, we, what do we choose to yield to? Because if I yield to the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and to serve God, I must sacrifice self. I've got to yield one for the other. Now, I want to tell you, I believe we get this wrong. I really do. A lot of times we say, well, I try to give God the majority of my life. It doesn't work that way. It's not a 75-25 split. It's not the way it works. God is going to be God or not God. He's not going to be half God. God is not going to be God over the little bit that you let him be. Say, God, I'm going to, be, I'm going to give you 75% of my life, and you be God over that, and I'll handle the other 20 That's not the way that it works. We yield one for the other. We yield the spiritual for the carnal, or we yield the carnal for the spiritual, but we can't have it both ways. We've got to sacrifice one for the other. I want you to notice a word real quick. If you look down to verse number 13. The Bible says, neither yield ye your members as what? Instruments. You look down at the end of that verse, the Bible says, we're alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. The other day, I was uh, was having dinner with one of the college groups that was here. In in their orchestra, they had one of those kettle drums. Have you ever seen a kettle drum? I've been to their church. They have a kettle drum. It's that one that you, you hear on those movies, boom, 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 boom. You know, great big old drum. Okay, some of you are like, what? All right, it's just a great big old copper looking boom, 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 boom. And I says, I've always wanted to play one. You know, great big old boom, 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 boom. I've always wanted to play one. I said, but you know, I never have. Do you know why? Never been near one. And they probably won't let me near one either. But you know what I have played? I used to play the piano. I used to play the piano a lot. I played the piano at my dad's church. I love to play the piano. No, I'm not good, Brother Ben. He's looking at me like, yeah, no, no, no. Don't ask. Okay? Don't ask. Please don't ask. But I have played a piano. Do you know why I played a piano? Because it's been available. I've never had a kettle drum made available to me. Now, if you got one, hey, come on, help a brother out. Call me. I'll come over. Let me play it in your garage. Boom, 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 boom. It's not been available. You know, a lot of times we complain about not getting to do what other people get to do we complain about not getting to serve do you know why some people get to serve they're just available they've yielded their instruments you know what i i I may not be a kettle drum i might just be a kazoo but i'm going to yield my kazoo to god tonight something about service we need to understand service requires sacrifice we've got to sacrifice self and yield to god andrew murray one of my favorite favorite quotes from him is god is ready to assume full responsibility of a life wholly yielded to him. We think so often that when I yield my life to Christ, and we talk about this sacrifice we're making, can I tell you, when we yield our life to Christ to become a servant-hearted saint, you know he's going to do way more with it than we could if we'd have kept it ourselves. I'm just giving up so much to serve God. I promise you, if we lived a thousand years to self, we would never come close to accomplishing what we could if we had yielded just 10 years to God. Because God will do far more with what we yield to Him than we could ever do in keeping our life for ourselves. But you see, the decision to make is whether or not we're going to yield or sacrifice to it. That's why he says in verse 13, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Today I was craving some coffee coming down Hardy Street, and I forget what visit we had gone to make, and Leslie and I were on our way back, and uh, we saw the new Loblolly Bakery. Anybody been to the new Loblolly Bakery? I saw a lot of things on Facebook about that, and uh, I heard they had good coffee. I think Brother Michael had told me they had good coffee, and he's a connoisseur of the coffee bean, and so I decided to go. And, uh, and stop by the Lobby baker and get some coffee. As I walked in there, I began noticing all the beautiful desserts that were there. I noticed this one. It looked like a croissant, and it was made in a circle with some nice little raisins on it and a, some type of glaze. And it had a sticker on it that said, Schnecken. Schnecken. And I asked the lady, I says, what is that? She says, you don't know what a Schnecken is? Now, I try to have a little bit of class, and I try to have a little bit of culture, but I hate to tell you and disappoint you, I did not know what a Schnecken was. And she looked, I says, ma'am, I'm born in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. First time I've ever seen that word in my life. And then she began to describe it to me. She says, well, this is our pate dough, and we just, we, we did all this stuff to it, and we had these uh, grapes that have been dehydrated on top of it with this nice maple glaze, and You know, I went in there for coffee. But after she described a schnecken to me, I walked out of there with one. You ever tried eating something covered in maple glaze while you drive? My steering wheel was sticking to my hands. But man, it was good. Oh, it was good. Look, it was shaped like this. And my favorite part, like a cinnamon roll, is the center. You people that are edge brownie people, I don't get you. I'm the center of the soft part, and so I wait to get to the very center. It was a round piece, and my wife walks in the door and she says, "Is it good?" And all I had left was the center. You know that self-serving part of me. I says, "Honey, did you try it?" No. I said, "Would you like to try it?" She says, "No, I, I'm good, thank you. Keto and all that's okay." And I ate it. Can I tell you why I walked out of there with that schnecken? I yielded to it. I had no intentions of going in there and getting a schnecken. I had never heard that word before today. But I got it because that's what I yielded to. Can I tell you why you serve or why you don't serve? It's really simple. Why I serve and why I don't serve. It's because of what we yield to. Now watch. You say, well, wait, wait, wait. Look down, verse 12, watch what it says. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That means we get to choose what we yield to. Verse 13, neither yield, neither yield. Look at verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but under grace. What does that mean? You get to yield what you want to yield to. We yield to the Spirit to be full service saints, or we yield to the flesh to be self-serving saints. We get to choose what we yield to. Look, I can't say, well, that lady, she just forced the snacking on me, and I just don't know how. next thing I know, I ended up in the car, and I had sticky hands, and no, 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 I yielded to it. I yielded to it. Can I ask you tonight, can we look at Romans chapter 6 and let God make the case why we should yield to be a servant-hearted saint? The last thing I want to show you before I close tonight, I want to show you how we do that. If you look down, the Bible says, verse number 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. I love the past tense of that word. You were. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Now I'm going to show you this. We're going to wrap it up real quick. Verse 17, the Bible says you were. That means past tense. That means you were something, but you're not anymore. So that means change is taking place, correct? But ye have obeyed from the heart. You see, it's showing us where the change happened. Where did we go from being servants of self and being under sin and dominated by sin to having the opportunity to yield, to be full servants of God? Where did that change take place? Verse 17 says it in black and white, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Tonight, if we're going to be a servant-hearted saint, I want to show you where that has to begin. Number three, service begins with sincerity. Service must begin with sincerity. Sometimes we do get wrapped up in the actions of our service. Gotta do, gotta do, gotta do, gotta do, gotta do. I mean, this place has been buzzing the last few days. People getting ready for all that's going on tonight here on property. And I'm thankful for that. But do you know in the actions of our service, if we go through the actions of our service, with the wrong attitude of our service. We are now serving self and serving God. So how do you know that? Well, let me give an example. Matthew chapter 6, I'll turn there. He's talking about giving the alms, and the Bible says, You sound the trumpet coming through, sounding the trumpet that you gave my alms. I I I paid my tithes today. I gave my offering today, and we're sounding the trumpet. All right, so are they going through the acts of service? Going through the actions of service. But the Bible says they're blowing the trumpets. Hey, look what I did. Here's what Jesus says. They have their reward. Watch, right right action, wrong attitude. You see, service has got to begin here. Service has got to begin here. If we are not servant-hearted saints, it's not because of our hands or our feet. It's because we have not yielded in our Heart. Verse 17, you have obeyed from the heart. That's where service must originate from. You know, Matthew 12 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart our feet move. Out of the abundance of our heart, our, our hands give. And out of the abundance of our heart, we will become servant-hearted saints. I love watching people who love serving other people. It is just, uh, it's a beautiful thing. We've gotten ministry so mechanical, uh, so career-oriented today. I'm afraid how much genuine service is really there. And it always goes back to the attitude. Why am I doing what I'm doing? There's people, I mean, I, I, I watch people, I watch them. I'll be sitting in my office and I'll see somebody moving outside the window and there's people out there picking up garbage along the highway. Why would you throw a beer can out there on the church parking lot? I don't know, but it happens all the time. Whoever you are, you need to quit doing that, okay? People out there picking up garbage out there on the side of the road. People out pulling weeds in the flower beds. I mean, you know, we don't have a title for that around here. Why do people do that? There's something in here that wants to serve. Servant-hearted saints. That's where it begins. Where did Daniel's service begin? The Bible says he purposed in his what? Heart. I read a story. This is a, I have read a lot of stories about D.L. Moody. And uh, I read this story today for the first time about him he had a conference in massachusetts and he brought he brought a lot of guys over from from london over to the conference there in massachusetts and he noticed when these guys walked in the door they came in and they put their shoes along the wall outside the room where they were meeting and he had been over to europe and he knows the custom and tradition of that time was you put your shoes outside the door and there was a servant in that household, there was someone who that was their responsibility to come and take the shoes and to polish and to shine the shoes. Or in America, we don't do that, do we? Right? As far as I know, we don't do that. And so Moody noticed, as, as he's there in Massachusetts, he noticed that all these shoes were lined up against the wall. And uh, he went to a couple of the young men at the Institute where they were at, and he says, young men, could I get you to do me a favor? Those men think we have the same tradition here that they do And Europe and he says we don't but would you polish the shoes and the young says, "Men said Mr. Moody we'd love to but we have an appointment to be at this meeting and we have to go to this revival we don't have time the story goes that one of his close associates came over about midnight one o'clock and was walking through the building turning off the lights or whatever they were doing there and he saw a, a figure down at the end of the hallway and couldn't tell what was going on so he made his way down and there was D.L. Moody took out a rag and was polishing the shoes of the preachers that were there Now, here's D.L. Moody, great man of God, uh, probably had more acclaim and more notoriety than any of those men that were there, and yet he had humbled himself to become a servant just to polish shoes. Can I tell you, that can only come from heart. It's not about what is said about us. It's not about our titles. It's simply about, do I get to serve? You know, there's people here on our property, they clean toilets. They clean toilets, and they do it with a smile. How do they do that? No, I I clean toilets every once in a while at at our house. I'll help out every once in a while. That's not the funnest job in the world. Why do people do that? They're just servant-hearted saints. Do you know what I'm doing up here tonight? Serving God by preaching what God said preach is no more important than the person who scrubs the toilets at our church. It all counts as service. What a privilege. We get to serve. What a privilege that we have an opportunity to serve. Could I encourage you something tonight? Would you pray and ask God, am I a servant-hearted saint? Am I a full-service Christian trying to serve God fully? Or am I a self-serving Christian? You say, well, how do you know that? Well, look, if you get in your Bible, Galatians 5 shows the spirit and the flesh. There are two grocery lists in Galatians 5, the spirit and the flesh. Hey, look at what our actions reflect and and, and resemble more. Does it resemble the works of the flesh or the works of the spirit? Because tonight, can I tell you... We're about to the end of our service. It's 8.08. Another hour has gone off of the time of eternity here in this life. We've missed another hour. I pray that we use every hour to the glory of God. And I pray that we're going to be servant-hearted saints. Amen. Let's have our heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's stand to our feet. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.